It's Great Mondays Radio. I'm Josh Levine, your host, founder of Great Mondays. We help executives from hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations build cultures that attract, engage, and retain top talent. If you'd like to be a guest on our program, hang out for about 20 minutes and I'll tell you how. Welcome back to Great Mondays Radio, candid conversations with culture leaders. Today, I uh, feel very blessed to have on Jason Kuchma of uh, Toledo Lucas County Library. He is the executive director. Thank you so much for coming on to talk to us. Um, Toledo Lucas County Library is in Northwest Ohio, and you have um, quite a story to tell, I think, as far as bringing this organization along. Libraries are not... Um, easy organizations to kind of, uh, to manage, to be executive directors of. Yeah. And there's a lot to talk about. So, uh, Jason, thanks so much for coming on great Mondays radio. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Look forward to talking. So, um, let's start a little bit with, um, what, what do you, what do you do and, and why does, why does culture matter for a, a library? Because usually we're talking to tech leaders on, on the podcast, but, um, Libraries are something that I, I care pretty deeply about. And uh, to have you on, I'd love to get a little more insight. Um, tell it, you're the essentially the, you know, the you're the you're the executive, the head executive of an entire community. What is it yeah. like there? Talk, talk to us about the. Yeah, the it's interesting. I mean, you know, so essentially the CEO of a 400 employee organization, we have two unions and we serve the entire county of Lucas County in, here in Northwest Ohio. And you know, I think one of the challenges for us, we our staff are incredibly dedicated folks who are essentially public servants who come to work every day to serve the public. And we serve everyone, regardless of what you have, what you don't have, where you came from, uh, who you love. Uh, and I think that poses some really interesting challenges. It, it, it's sort of, I struggle because sometimes people refer to librarianship as a calling, um, but I, <laughs> I don't, I, I think that is problematic to some degree um, because it's still work and we still have to show up every day and we still have jobs to do. <laughs> right. right. Um, so I think, you know, really as when we think about trying to serve everyone in our community um, across all socioeconomic strata, like it's, it's in, I think imperative for us to have a really strong culture within the organization. Um, and I think, you know, you mentioned sort of uh, the challenges of being a library director. I came into this job with the with a number of different challenges. One, I followed a predecessor who had been here for 30 plus years as the director. Uh, two, uh, after I was hired and assembled my leadership team, we had never worked together and we were all thrown into a pandemic uh, basically a month after I had the leadership team developed. Uh, during the pandemic, we had a cybersecurity attack. And so throughout all of those kind of like external kind of things, we've, you know, we've been really working together to try to really build a strong culture within the organization that, you know, reflects what we want to put out into the community and what we want the community to bring back to us. When you came on as the executive director, um, did you, did you have a, like, did you have this understanding or comprehension of the importance of culture? Was that something that occurred to you when you got socked in the face with all those challenges you just mentioned? It's, it's always been, whether I've been able to articulate it directly or not, it's always been something that I think about with any kind of organization that I've been involved in. 
you know, whether it was starting small nonprofits in my 20s or to, you know, managing a nonprofit before I came here. Um, and it all goes really back to communication. I came out of my undergrad with a communication degree and uh, spent a lot of time um, thinking about how that impacts and creates the culture within our organization. And, and frankly, you know, I mentioned I came into an organization where my predecessor had been here for 30 plus years. He, um, there were some challenges and some big rifts between, you know, staff who were serving the public uh, and what their perceptions of what administrators knew about the work that they do day in and day out. Sure. Um, and administrators thinking that they maybe knew more about what was happening than they didn't. And so I really struggle, you know, not struggled, but I think really prioritized building pipelines of communication up and down the organization to to help tighten up that, you know, to close the daylight between, you know, what's happening on a day-to-day -day basis versus what's happening at the leadership level. Um, and it's, you know, we've had, it's it's been varying degrees of success and it's something that we're always continuously trying to improve. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's um, an uncommon experience um, in any kind of organization where you have leadership and then you have the individual contributors. Um, I think it's maybe more um, explicit in the library because it's we have to like the task of most most of the non-leadership are interacting with the customer or the public in a very visceral way. And it um it seems in my experience, it seems like, oh, we have to that's our job. We're dealing with the public. This is a very, you know, stressful. This requires a lot of thought. What are you guys doing as leaders? Right. Is, is right. that is that a correct characterization? And and if so, how are you communicating? What how are you bringing people together, uh, different groups together, in order to ensure that that rift doesn't become problematic? I, I th yeah, you touched on a really strong point here, which is I think during the pandemic, and you know we're still in whatever level of the pandemic we're in, um, you know I think. The public, the way the public interact with one another right now is a little like a couple of degrees off from maybe where we were in 2018, 20. So people's patience is a little shorter, yep. um, you know, and and that's a strain on our public library staff. And and frankly, we, um, you know, we think about public safety, and that's sort of a lesson that we learned with our staff. You know, we talk a lot about how we we prioritize their safety, we prioritize the safety of the public when they're in our spaces, um, but it, it wasn't until we kind of really dug a little bit deeper into like how we do debriefs after incidents that happen at maybe one of our locations with the staff that we kind of really understood how important it was to be in a room with those staff who are affected by a particular instance um, and hearing them. We're not bringing solutions to the table. We're just listening to how that situation impacted them, how it made them feel. Um, and, and, and I think showing that level of interest and empathy and, and you know, goes tremendously you know, goes a long way for us. And I, I think I really underestimated that until we started to do it. Uh, I'll give you an example. I mean, we, you know, we're a public institution. We have a, a branch that's a gorgeous brand new library in a, in a neighborhood that's transitioning. And, and uh, it's, uh, you know, there was a, a shooting in the park nearby and a bullet hit a window at the, at the branch. Yeah. And so yeah. um, nobody was hurt, um, but they we had to close the branch down because there were forensics involved. And so we, we, you know, in one instance, we have really robust public safety staff that take care of our branches and our public on a day, day in and day out. Um, but we, you know, we had to, sit, we wanted to sit down with them and say, like, you know, here, 
how does this make you feel? What are the ways that we can do to help mitigate, you know, some of the concerns you have? Uh, and that really, I think, goes a long way into to debunk that you don't know what's happening here. Um, you don't understand what it means for us to be working here. I want to point out um, what you said about you don't have to have solutions in order to have an effective debrief or conversation. And the depth of that, the 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 point um, in that comment was making sure that that staff member is heard and seen. And I just more the more this is this is yet another example of this practice that I think even when there's not a traumatic incident needs to be practiced by leaders because I think leaders think that their job is to have the answers and sometimes it is but it's to be able to, to, to be able to just see another human being for who they are and by the way you guys are lucky in that you're fit you have the physical places and you have you have to be there people who are distributed you know it's it's not as impactful you can but it's really hard remotely so i think that point about listening and seeing is what i i think you're describing as creating closing that gap and creating that connection i do understand if this is difficult i don't have an answer let's try to figure it out together and that person's going to feel that they are at least being heard in a way that matters and ultimately that's the kind of thing that matters the most in at work yeah i mean i i'll be the first to say i don't know you know and i, and I do not come to these conversations with a predetermined outcome and i think you know being able to have that sort of humility and i think that's you know when we talk about our organization organizational culture like i really feel like our leadership team embraces our humility our vulnerability in in, in working with staff and and I think recently we did a staff engagement survey, and we're and I think we've seen some seen the numbers going in the right direction over a two year period. But one area that we have not moved a lot is staff saying that administrators don't understand what my job is, and we have done a a number a lot of things to kind of uh, to kind of clear the air there to sort of to debunk that perception. Um, but ultimately, I think we just have not been communicating what we've been doing to address those things. So you mentioned distributed staff and, you know, there's there's remote staff, right? People working all over the country, all over the world. Um, we're kind of quasi remote in the sense that we have 20 locations around the county. So, okay, that's a fair um, point. It, it is challenging because, you know, we're not all in the same building and um, it is, you know, I can go visit a branch and spend a whole day with them. Uh, but that doesn't impact the other 19 branches, for example. Um, and so not communicating or not being as, uh, I think, vocal or, or transparent about what we have been doing to kind of address people's uh, perception that we don't know what's happening uh, on a day-to-day basis is something we learned pretty recently. I think, you know, that we need to spend more time talking about what we're actually doing to for staff or with staff. And it feels like, you know, we're he, we're humble leaders and we don't necessarily want to be tooting our home, but, but horn, but staff need to know like that I was at all 20 branches within the last month and a half, for example, you know, um, they might yeah. may or may not see that. So it sounds like two-way communication. So talk to me, you, you, you described before we started recording, you described how you guys have kind of revamped and 
uh, amped up the internal communications process. That was something that you really are digging into, have dug dug into and are digging into. Um, how do you have an example of how you're trying to make sure that information is not just um, dumped <laughs> on employees, but yeah. also received? How do you make how how have you found have you found success or what challenges if you haven't um in creating that system that allows for two-way conversations? Well, I think we we built a number of channels for places for people to share feedback. And we've originally started off with a sort of mechanism that many organizations, companies had that you know allow staff to kind of share, you know, the perspective, you know, share ideas that they have about how to improve the culture or how to improve the processes of the organization. Um, and we've kind of tinkered with that a little bit, but really one of the things I think that's been the strongest for us, and it, it kind of goes back to my days when I was a magazine publisher before, like, you know, you don't not put out an issue of a magazine because you don't feel like it's the best thing. You, you try to be pretty intentional about a regular schedule of when you're going to communicate something. So, you know, we have a regular, you know, we have consistent schedule of, of ways that we communicate with staff, whether that's um, steady stream of newsletters that come out on every, you know, once a uh, uh, every month, right after the board meetings, or whether it's our town hall meetings that happen, you know, a couple of days after those board meetings, when usually most of the activity might happen in an organization. So providing those opportunities that staff know that, oh, this is coming up in a couple of weeks. I know I'll have an opportunity to share a perspective here or, um, you know, and I think, you know, the other thing is just making ourselves available as leaders in an organization um, at an, on an ad hoc, ad hoc basis. So, you know, I meet with both of the both of our union leaders um, once a month. Um, sometimes we don't have anything to talk about, and that's fine. That's I would love to have boring conversations with staff because about what we're doing over the weekend because it means we don't have issues to deal with. Right. Now. right. Better to better to have more more meetings uh, without anything to talk about than not enough, and so that the meetings are only about emergencies. Right. Like you want yeah. to be able to establish a relationship outside of crisis. Exactly. And we, it's funny, we, it, it seems, you know, taking on an organization that had been led by a leader who was a very traditional leader, a very top-down leader who uh, for in the organization, the silos were very deep and strong. And yep. Yep. Um, we've recently started doing something pretty simple, which is quarterly project meetings to kind of, we have a lot of different kind of verticals in the organization, you know, the IT, we've got facilities we're managing, we've got staff, um, we've got program services. Um, we've got our our collection development and technical services that basically cycle all of the materials through the system. All of these things happening at once. And so we recently said we need to have quarterly meetings about what projects are happening, where are the interdependencies. And you know, at our last meeting um, of the year in 2023, you know, uh, my director of operations asked the group, like, do we, you know, are these meetings useful? Are they kind of because Frankly, it was a kind of a boring meeting. And, and I said, you know, I, I'm glad that we're having these meetings. And I'm glad that they're boring because it means that collection development folks know exactly what HR is doing. And they've heard this three times already or four times already this year. Or, you know, the facilities folks know exactly what, you know, what programming, you know, public services is doing because they've been in these meetings a number of times throughout the year. And, and there are no surprises. There's no points of, uh, I said, so I, I'm glad to have continue having these you know, boring quarterly meetings as long as that we know that what, what, what everyone's doing, what everyone's working on, at least in awareness. But you're right, it's building those relationships. Yeah, that's um it's interesting 
there's sort of uh this could have been an email you know this meeting could have been I, oh, I, look, i'm so i'm somebody that's i am the first person to say we do not need useless meetings but this is one of those situations where i felt like i had to eat crow a little bit be like no this meeting uh it's it may feel useless but it's actually serving a purpose that we don't actually see right and i think that's i mean there is quite a meeting backlash i think that we're all yeah. feeling right and but you have been very explicit about the intent of this meeting and often meetings that are a waste of time they they're just a an easy way to put off work until people are together in a room right and you don't have that intent so now you're saying no 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 we're doing this intentionally i know it takes a lot of time i know it's boring yeah. and yeah. this is why we're doing it and so yeah. i think that is exactly your job i mean one of the i heard someone say this it's like you know, as a CEO, that you've done your job in communicating the message when your staff starts making fun of you by <laughs> parroting that message back to you, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, now I know you got it because you have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. So every time you're like, thank you for coming, you know, coming back to this meeting. Um, the other thing that that um I believe deeply in, and I know that's something that you you are working on is um, staff appreciation, recognition. Can you talk a little bit about um, uh, how what what maybe what's worked and what hasn't? How you're experimenting with that? Why you're focused on that? Um, you know, usually organizations are like, yeah, once a year you get a sales award or whatever it is. What? Why have you decided to put your you know, precious little time, energy, and resource into um, focusing on creating a, a system of appreciation, and, and what does that look like? And I think well, we, one thing we have right now, you know, a number of companies have is a, is a shout out platform where you know anybody can go in and say, "I want to give a yeah. shout out to a colleague over here," and and I think that that's really useful, and it, I think. Um, kudos and, and recognition uh, from your peers goes a really long way in kind of building those relationships and helping people understand that, you know, they see what I'm doing and that's that's that that is good work. We struggle at an organizational level because we've done for a couple of years now we've done staff awards where we basically create these categories and then invite staff to nominate people for these awards, um, and it's it's a it's a really meaningful. We did it uh, we did once during Zoom uh, via Zoom during the pandemic. Um, once in person. And and I think we struggle a little bit because, you know, you have a handful of people who get awards, but you have 400 people in the organization who are all like in some way contributing and making meaningful contributions to the organization. And I feel like we as a leadership team really focus on like, hey, uh, all these people, other people are left out. Is this the right way to do this? Is this the most effective way to show appreciation? And I mentioned that to you before we got on uh, in our conversation here, because we spent an hour and a half as a leadership team this morning. I'm wondering, like, is this time well spent? And I think it was. But how do we show, um, you know, appreciation of staff and recognition for their work? And, you know, we're a, we this year we won the National Medal Award for Library Services. Uh, it's the highest honor a library can receive. And um, I think, you know, we we, we spent a lot of time communicating to staff what that actually means. Like, I, I don't think they actually knew or understood how big a deal this was. Um, and, and so I, I think there's, we struggle with a little bit with sort of that appreciation fatigue or that award fatigue, like, Oh, great. We got another award or here's an award. What does this mean? Um, <laughs> and I think 
So yeah, I, I don't know that we've actually cracked the code. I wish I had an answer to that because frankly, we're we're, we're struggling. With, you know, do we appreciate the entire agency, the entire branch, or um, do we single out individuals? Um, and as I think a leadership team that is really dialed into how our staff are feeling on a day-to-day -day basis, we're really quick and easily put into the mindset of the person who didn't get the award. Like we're quick to understand like what it means for somebody yeah. who didn't get an award, even though yeah. they've worked really hard throughout the entire year. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, I, I, you know, I, I, we still struggle with it. I don't know that we landed on an answer. Well, I, you know, I think, so one if you thing, have the answer, I'm glad to take it, by the way. <laughs> I have some suggestions. Um, yes. uh, have you thought about like a team award or something like that where you can like elevate a whole team, whatever, however you define team or department, right? Like that might be a nice way to kind of, I don't know. Is that something that you, you've. Yeah. Yeah. And or? I think, yeah. And that's sort of where we we're getting at with the agencies, like each, every one of our, you know, departments or agencies or branches should get, a, you know, could get a team award for something they've done. But then I, you know, those nominations, I feel like are additional work on top of the work that people are already doing. Yes. And that's yeah. the other thing too, is like, yes. so, you know, one, maybe there's a manager, you, maybe we ask our managers to say like, tell us something that everybody on your team did really well last year. Well, one of maybe one of those managers is having a really bad month, and they have they can't get that done, and so all those staff suffer for that, or yep. or the workload, or or everything. You know, life gets in the way, and so we're our biggest struggle is how do we recognize and do that appreciation without adding additional work to everyone's plate to stop and do that, or, or devaluing the award. Like you said, you're like here's another award, right? You're yeah. like it's yeah. it's fatigue. Um, you know, my quick my quick response is that it's got to be done in a lot of different ways from a lot of different directions. And it, it, like you said, there's the peer to peer, and then there's also the manager to peer and it doesn't, and a recognition can just be a pat on the back. Yeah. There are those formal programs that do take effort and time and energy. And that's, you know, you can decide how you want to put that in, but there's a bunch of different ways to do it. And you just have to teach your teams how to do it in an informal way, right? Of just like, thanks a lot for doing this or acknowledging someone. Like, how do you create that culture or that, you know, practice of being an organization that complements and recognizes? Because that's, yeah. and I'm going to tie it right back to the beginning. Hey, I see you. Thank you. Right? Like that's, yeah. that's it. You don't, it doesn't need to be a freaking plaque. Yeah. Right? I have a really good example. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that I see you because, you know, last week you know, we we're talking about a little bit about weather. Everybody across the country is experiencing weather right now. Um, and we had a uh, snowfall at the end of the day on a Friday and it was, it came at about three 30. We closed at five 30 custodians have left at three and they're the ones who would be responsible for snow removal. So we're watching the snow out the window thinking, we know that all the staff are going, when are the administrators going to call it? Like, when are they going to send us home early? It's Friday and the snow's not letting up at all. And ultimately there, there's nothing we could do. Our hands were tied. We're not going to call the custodians back. There's no reason for us to close early, like two hours before our closing time. Um, but I sent a note to staff. I said, look, it's crazy, right? Weather's bananas. We've been watching this. You know, none of the options that we had on the table were viable um, but we just want to let you know that we see you and be safe on your way home. And got a note from staff that was like, hey, thank you. We appreciate that you saw us. We appreciate that you um, took a moment to to at least acknowledge that this is what this is what we we're thinking about talking about. I, I think that's great. And and I have yet to 
come across an organization where people were complaining there was too much communication, right? Like, it's like, if you're, it's like, it's, it is possible, I suppose, but I, I was going to say, we get that a little bit here, but I'll, we, I'll let you go. For oh, really? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, okay. So then we could talk about that, but to me, it's like the odds that you're communicating too little are so uh, are it's much more likely that you're going to be communicating too little than it is too much. And yeah. if it's, you know, you were talking about ways to appreciate and way, you know, different channels, as long as it's not the same channel and it's, you know, you're like a gazillion emails in and that, I, I think that would be problematic. Um, what, um, so t well, tell me, what does it look like when you're communicating too much? What is that? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I guess I would reel that back a little bit because we have gotten feedback from staff, like these email newsletters are a little bit much, they're pretty dense. And so to that end, we've you know okay. scaled them back and we focused on like, what is the stuff that you need to know to do your job in the next two weeks? Like that's, that's the core of it. But I think, you know, um, yeah, so I, I, I think that's, that's a fair critique. I mean, I think that's a fair critique and especially for, you know, it's like, if you're communicating, it's like, what are the little nuggets and, you know, what's the one piece of information and do your job of curating that, you know, it's like, don't right. give me everything. Like, that's not, I don't want to have to sort through that. Okay. That's right. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I think to your point about, um, those multiple modes or multiple channels for that feedback and appreciation with staff. I, I struggle with that in part as a leader, because I mean, I, and I do this all the time, you know, I'll call somebody up out of the blue, a manager, Hey, I saw what you did. It was really great. Um, and that means a lot to that employee. And I'll, I could do that every day for, for across the system, but that doesn't really move the needle on staff perception that administrators don't know what we're doing because I'm not someone who's going to go, you know what, everybody, I just called all, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn or I'm not right, going right, to right, broadcast right, the fact right, that I'm right, doing right. that because that's not the reason for me doing it. It's not a performative gesture. It's me actually trying to share right. or to appreciate, but you're right. I mean, I, I get what you're saying about a, a general culture of appreciation where everyone is doing that all the time, as opposed to, you know, those uh, having to call it out because it's not happening enough. Which is, yeah. And which is just another way of saying, I see you and I see the work that you're doing, which is really where we started this conversation, right? Yeah. Like the divide between what leaders and, and staff being appreciated, the work that they're doing, being appreciated, because it's hard. I mean, this is hard stuff. I mean, and, and every, I, I think library staff, you know, need to be elevated in, in a really important way, especially during the pandemic. And mm -hmm. it's like, I know that there's just continues to be carry on trauma and burnout. That's really tough. And yep. one small way that you can make a dent in that is say, Hey, I see how hard you're working and thank you for putting in that extra effort. Because if it's, if you don't, you know, it's like people appreciate that when they can see the impact, but then on top of that, when their peers or leaders also see the impact that they're having. And that that's really important. And so maybe it is one-on-one, -on -one, but and and then there's other times where it's like you acknowledging people in front of a group and that, you know, that then supports. So that's and I, I, I just think that's I think I think you're on the right, you're on the right path, right? I think you're heading yeah. in the right direction, it seems like. I think too, you know, we need to give ourselves and I, I remind my leadership team, you mentioned, you know, this is hard, right? And like, this is hard and <laughs> culture is hard. And we, I need to give, I remind my leadership team to give ourselves a little bit of grace because we've really only been working together for a couple of years. 
this takes this is work that takes year upon year upon Years. year and it builds yep. and it's you know builds on itself and and we need to acknowledge that this is not something you fix with one email and and it's it's uh and i think that's yeah. important important that i try to remind my leaders that of that yeah um that's that's great well i think we'll i think we'll leave it there uh uh, Jason Kuchma, um, Executive Director, Toledo Lucas County Library in Northwest Ohio. Um, you can find out more and see some of the awesome work they're doing at ToledoLibrary.org. They recently won the highest <laughs> level medal called the National Medal Award for Library Service, which is no small feat. So that's amazing. And even I even saw it without you sending it to me. It was that, that sort oh, of that rose right? to that level. Yeah, yeah. I totally. love it. I love it. That's great. Um, so that's amazing. So congrats early in your tenure. It sounds like you are on the right path. And I really appreciate you coming on, sharing some of your uh, wisdom and challenges and questions still to be answered um, with us here on Great Mondays Radio. Thanks so much, Josh. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio. Hey, if you want to be a guest, head over to radio.greatmondays.com. And if you think this episode was interesting and your friends and fans would enjoy it, please share on social media. And if you want to get more people to understand the power of company culture in business today, please rate and review Great Mondays Radio on your podcast feed. It really helps us reach more people. If you want to hear more candid conversations with culture leaders, subscribe to Great Mondays Radio. I'd love to connect with you. Find me on LinkedIn at aka Josh Levine, on YouTube at Great Mondays. And you can always email me, josh at greatmondays.com. Find out more about our work with hypergrowth technology and social enterprise organizations at greatmondays.com. I'm Josh Levine. Thanks for listening to Great Mondays Radio.